0: All right, dads, I've got an awesome guest for you guys today. Bill Perkins is a former hedge fund manager turned professional poker player, film producer, and author. He has got a new book that drops today titled Die With Zero. It's a hard-hitting book that will help you get the most out of your life experience. I will be giving away a copy of the book on my Instagram page, so be sure you check me out over there at Alec underscore Lace for a chance to win. The link to his new book is in the description of today's podcast episode. Bill is a dad who lives an exciting, lavish lifestyle and can often be seen with the likes of Dan Bilzerian, traveling in some very exotic places all around the world. He is from Jersey City, New Jersey. That is a city that I've spent a good portion of my own life in, and it's also my wife's hometown. They recently built an athletic center at St. Peter's Prep in Jersey City, named in honor of William O. Perkins II. It's an honor to have him on the podcast today. Bill Perkins will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel, so if you would like to watch today's conversation between Bill Perkins and myself, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and as I mentioned there, I'm giving away a copy of Bill's new book. I am also giving away a copy of Al Roker's new book, You Look So Much Better in Person, which is out today as well. Legendary weatherman Al Roker joined me on episode 377 of the podcast, so go check out that conversation if you missed it, and get over to my Instagram page at Alec underscore Lace for a chance to win a double-banger book giveaway. All right. And lock it into first class fatherhood tomorrow because I will be joined here by a singer who started a little boy band known as In Sync. That's right. Chris Kirkpatrick will be here with me on the podcast tomorrow. So don't miss out on that. Thursday, former head coach of the Cleveland Browns, Hugh Jackson returns to the podcast. His foundation helps victims of human trafficking, which is a problem that is just way out of control. Hugh just started a new program, Strangers to Changers. Find out what that's all about and so much more. And as always, please help me spread the word about this podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that celebrates fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day. Right here with me, and I'm going to be right back with Bill Perkins. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, the barbershops are finally open, but I can tell you right now, there's hair in one place they're never going to cut, and that's right around the area that made you a father in the first place. And when it comes to such a delicate area, you need the right tool for the job. The Manscaped Lawn Mower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer that is waterproof with skin-safe technology designed to reduce nicks or tugs in those valuables in your short pants. Also, Manscaped just released their Shears 2.0 Luxury 4-Piece Nail Kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools and includes tip tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file so you can pluck your eyebrows and trim your nails in style. And right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners are going to save 20% off your order, plus get free shipping with my special promo code, FATHER. Visit manscaped.com and use the promo code FATHER and save 20% off your order, plus get free shipping. Manscaped.com, promo code FATHER, and you can shave that unwanted hair in your underwear today. Uh, Joining me now, First Class Father, Bill Perkins. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. I don't know if I'm a first-class father, but I'm a father. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, on this show, you're a first-class father. Let's start with like um, this. How many How many kids do you have and how old are they?
1: Okay. So I have one stepson and I have two daughters. So a total of three, 13, 16, and soon to be 30. Wow. Okay. What type of sports or
0: activities are they into?
1: Both my daughters are into soccer, volleyball, one just started lacrosse, the younger one. Um, those are the type of activities. They're definitely into TikTok, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, I guess it's an activity or, or there. My youngest also, were, they were both into dance, like competitive dance, but they just stopped because the other sports are taking a lot more of their time. The elder one is in L.A., and he's basically working on, what's the guy, Dr. Phil's show? He wants to be in film production, so.
0: Okay, very cool. If you could, Bill, please just take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do.
1: Okay, so my name is Bill Perkins. I was born in Jersey City, New Jersey. I went to University of Iowa to play football and chase women, and then got happenstance got a degree in electrical engineering. Came back, worked on the exchange as a peon, worked my way up uh, in commodities trading, and now I run a hedge fund called uh, Skywood Capital, primarily focused on natural gas energy trading. I also do investments. Um, on the side, I like, I used to like to make movies, very expensive, uh, business. Um, I like to travel, um, and I like to enjoy life.
0: <laughs> yeah, very cool. My, my wife's from Jersey city. It's a little slice of heaven on earth there. So, uh, I worked in Jersey city for many years as well. So, um, uh, oh,
1: wow.
0: I, I love the connection there. Now, uh, along this journey that you had here, Bill, about how old were you then when you first became a father and how did becoming a dad kind of change your perspective on life?
1: Oh, wow. Um, so I, I got married at 33 and roughly had a kid 34. Um, and it immediately changed my risk profile. So I used to have, ride a motorcycle. I had a motorcycle, uh, um, a BMW 1600. I used to take flying lessons. I used to fly a Cessna 172R. I didn't get my pilot's license, even though I had 200 hours, because I would take a break, then come and fly, take a break, come back and fly but the immediate thing that happened besides the joy and and love of having a kid, is like, wow, my risk profile has changed. It's not just me anymore. I am, I don't have the right to take certain risks because I have this other human being that I'm responsible for. So that was kind of, I remember that vividly, like how, um, how I was like, wow, I got to recalibrate the stuff I'm going to be doing, you know? And I was kind of learning on the fly, like, wow, there's a lot of dynamic decisions going on when you have a kid. Like, what you have for breakfast or what you do this day or this vacation has an impact but it doesn't affect every single decision in your life once i had a kid every there were just a million switches that switched right and and the biggest one was a risk um and the second thing was i realized i was in for a lifetime of worry i mean as soon as we were pregnant it's like oh i hope they have 10 fingers and 10 toes oh I hope they come out I hope they can read. I hope they learn. I hope, you know, and like, I hope they don't drown themselves. They don't, you know, like you get a babysitter and it's like, the thing I used to tell the babysitters is your primary job is to protect them from killing themselves, you know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> and so, um, you know, my life was forever changed. Um, many decisions I didn't even realize I was making. I was making at that moment when I decided to have kids and, you know, I had to adjust and adapt. In order, to, in order to be there for them. Because, you know, I, I always believe half of life is showing up and I need to be there, you know. So that, that's, that's one of the things I was like, OK, don't get dead on a motorcycle. Don't get dead on private flying. You know, don't get dead doing these things, that type of stuff.
0: Yeah. And I know you touch on that a little bit in your book. We're going to get to that in a second here. And what you're saying is so important, because right now I talk about it all the time on my show. We have a fatherless crisis going on in our country, and there's so many kids that are growing up without that father or that father figure in their life, and it's having a devastating result on our society here.
1: Yeah, I I definitely see a lot of society's ills comes from a missing parent. And even when you're, like, even when you don't think you're having an impact, you're having an impact. Like, I mean, it's so weird that we're having this podcast, because last night, my dad's dead, but I was having, and I didn't get along well with my father growing up, Um, but I had dreams about him all last night, and a lot of things were, were connecting, like, he was doing his best, right? His best comes from what he learned, you know, like there were small tweaks on what he learned from his parents, you know, and so on. So the incrementalism of him doing his best might not have been, you know, optimal for, for, for me as a kid, but it had a massive impact on my, on my life the way I think. And I, I'm really reaping the benefits uh, associated with having a dad, you know, and, and, and being around.
0: Yeah, well said. And I think that's one of the things. My, my father was born in 1930. He had me when he was 50 years old, so I came along much later in his life. So uh, I had a very different uh, father than most of my friends did. And and you know what? My, my no nobody is perfect. And I think what we could do as as sons, uh, learning from our father, take the good uh, try to get rid of the bad and try to add something new when I became a dad, I have four children myself. So it's, I, I try to apply what I learned, what I thought was good, eliminate what was bad and just add some new stuff that I've learned from just listening to other dads and other people that have been, you know, around, around the block once or twice. So there, there's so much now, uh, for, for men out there, at least stuff like this, this is one of the reasons why I have the podcast is to have these resources for other new dads that are coming on the scene. Cause I think just keeping our, our young families, our young dads engaged and involved is so important uh, to the future of uh, of our society here. So, uh, and, and touching on that, uh, Bill, what what type of disciplinarian are you as a dad, and is that different than the discipline style that you grew up with?
1: You know, it's, it's not as different as it would like to be. And 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 I'll I'll, 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 I'll you know just la- just maybe I think it was yesterday or the day before. I had a I had a sit down with my eldest daughter, and I said, "Listen, you're a different person than me." You're, you're, you know, and you and I need to find a way to communicate and, 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 and make this thing work. I love you more than anything. I am on your side. I have your back, but you know, I've learned things and I'm not saying I'm doing them right from my parents that I don't want to do, but it's in me. You know what I mean? Some of those things in, in you, like, you're like, oh, I was a, You know, I was raised on heavy corporal punishment might be considered child abuse nowadays. Right. By my dad. Right. And I didn't want to do that, although we had a little corporal punishment as they're younger. And I'm like, oh, you know, I don't want to do that. You know, I just really want to teach my kid, hey, there are consequences and they're harder out in the real world. Right. And so the main thing I try and get across from them is kindness and the ability to adapt, you know, but with the discipline, it's not like, hey, I want to hurt you or I want to. You know, you deserve this. It's like life has consequences, and it, this is going to be the layup consequences. You know, I take your phone for for a couple of days, or I put you in timeout, or whatever it is. It is the world is much more harsh and less forgiving, and so I, I want you to think about these things, and I want you to have consequences so that you learn from these mistakes that you're making in a, in, a, in a loving environment. That the world is not as loving and is not as forgiving. And so that's kind of the, our approach to discipline. Of course, you know, especially in teenage years or, you know, we get frustrated. I'm just as human and I make mistakes. So I have a lot of apologies coming out to my kids, like shouldn't have yelled," "I shouldn't have done this, et cetera. But really, um, if I was playing perfect daddom, you know, in my mind, right. Uh, it would be a learning every mistake or whatever would be a learning session not just by punishment but just like hey this is why we don't do this this is what can happen this is why i'm trying to set you up this way i'm trying to instill a level of discipline in you so that you can overcome difficult tasks and approach any obstacle and go over it and know that you can get through it those types of things not just a discipline like hey you're doing something bad don't do that but just the discipline to follow through on your word and keep your word and, and 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 chase your goals and and, and take one step after the other and just keep going until you climb the mountain. That's kind of where I would like to be. Now, the real Bill, uh, he's all too human, right? And he's got a little bit of, you know, the dad who was born in 1940, you know, pre civil Rights, right? It was like, you know, I mean, my song, one of my favorite songs, uh, Stevie Wonder, you know, Stevie Wonder as an artist where, like, he talks about trying to bring tears to your eyes so your mama doesn't whip your behind, right? And, like, that was part of the culture. And I want to get away from that and get more into a teaching type of discipline.
0: Yeah, it's definitely an on-the-job learning process for sure, Bill. I mean, each one of my kids require a different style of discipline. And we just caught my nine-year-old last night uh, sneaking his switch and trying to play after bedtime. So now today – you know, he's removed from all electronics and, you know, he's walking around as if the world came to an end oh and it's gosh. tough to see that, but we hope that, you know, hopefully it'll prevent him from wanting to do it again in the future. That's the whole main goal of trying to do this stuff. And it, it, it is difficult when you see them all upset and sad from something that you've done to discipline them. But it's one of those things you got to kind of balance out with you're doing it for the better good here.
1: Yeah. You, you, you know, and I want to also like give them, understand, like, you know, it's very hard for a kid to have that perspective but I, I think a lot of the lessons, the positive lessons that my dad taught me didn't sink in. Like I was aware of them and they were just sayings and whatever, dad, you don't know what you're talking about, and et cetera. But then, you know, 19, 20, 21, 30, it really sunk in. And, and those habits or the things they instilled in me really helped me, you know, and so. You know, you think you're talking to a wall sometimes with your kids. But, you know, if you look back at yourself when you were like, you know, I'm like, how did my parents not kill me? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, but it comes out and you're not talking to a wall. They're just absorbing it. And they're not really, you know, th- th- those lessons will eventually be some of the things that get them through a bad day, an obstacle, et cetera. So.
0: Yeah, de- definitely. Yeah, that, that that's the prayer, really, to hope that it does hit at some point, it hits home with them. And I I want to turn it over now to your book, Die With Zero, here. I know in the book you say originally this was planned to be an app. What what, what was the uh, focus? What was the main genesis of you writing the book? And what can you tell my listeners about it? All right, Dad. Today's episode is being brought to you in part by Bottle Breacher. Bottle Breacher was founded by former Navy SEAL and former guest on First Class Fatherhood, Eli Crane bottle breacher provides handcrafted 50 caliber bottle openers made by active duty service members and veterans the staff at bottle breacher used to use 50 caliber ammunition to defend our country downrange. now they use them to provide the best man gifts groomsmen gifts and promotional products on the market open your next call one in style and first class fatherhood listeners can save 20 percent off their entire order by using the promo code fatherhood Visit BottleBreacher.com and use the promo code FATHERHOOD at the checkout to save 20% off your order. Believe me, once you see them, you're going to want to get one. And once you use it, you're never going to want to open another bottle without it. Go to BottleBreacher.com and use that promo code FATHERHOOD to save 20% off your order and open your next cold one in style. And I, I want to turn it over now to your book, Die With Zero, here. I know in the book you say originally this was planned to be an app. What, what, what was the uh, focus? What was the main genesis of you writing the book? And what can you tell my listeners
1: about it? Well, I, I just I've been reading and seeing a lot of people not get the most out of their life. Right. Like they're working, working, working. And that's great. They, they now get to survival and then they get so good at working. They just keep working and they die with a bunch of money. And I was like, well, what was what were you saving for? Right. And so the first thing people do is uh, save for survival. And some variance in their life, right? And then there may be some other things. But I've noticed, like, uh, those who are working and those who save, save too much. They essentially delay gratification past the point where it's too late, where it's no gratification, right? And I thought, wow, what a what a waste of life. Like, what w- they're not really enjoying life. Like, why aren't they taking vacations with their kids or going camping or going hiking if you have a little bit of money? Like, wh- what decision process... How do they get habituated into this into this like rat race with any without any kind of reward, right? And so I that it just pains me, you know, it just really pains me that people were spending you know thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars, or insurance is paying thousands of dollars for them to live an extra five days on their deathbed when they could have had like you know big family dinner, big family trip, vacation, et cetera, and not living fully and not really getting the most out of life. And so I wanted people to um lose the fear and optimize their life so they can have the the most fulfilling life they possibly could. And that and the way people have fulfilling lives is having the experiences they want to have, whether it be charitable experiences or hedonistic experiences, right? Like whether it's I want to have experience to go walk on a hike with my daughter or 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 or, or, or my friends or take them on a trip. Or or I want to go help people in less fortunate situations in Sudan or whatever, right? Like, but that's the stuff of life, right? That's what creates your narrative, right? Like when I say, well, who are you, what you do, you, you'll list the experiences you have and the things you did. And I noticed people were like basically working, which there is some enjoyment out of working, but just putting it away until it was too late. And and the data shows that. Yeah,
0: definitely. And I couldn't help but think, as I was reading the book, uh, thinking of a uh, motivational speaker, Bill Bailey, who said, life is more than just the passing of time uh it is a collection of experiences their frequency and their intensity and i think you know that's what we're all trying to get out of life but how can we as dads fill our families' lives up with these experiences without that fear of jeopardizing the future
1: yeah i I think you know the first thing you do is like you 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 have to take you have to step back and say you know romance is planning you want a romantic life you got to plan right and so we need to sit back and think okay what do we need to survive and what am I saving for? It's like, okay, there might be school. You're going to help them with college. Obviously, you know, there's going to be a time when you're not working and that money is going to have to, that money and investments is going to have to take care of you, right? You may be working to also give a gift to your, your, your kids and you want to get it to them at the right environment. I think one of the things is the get off autopilot of just, I'm going to work, 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 and just numbers on a, on a screen and think about what we are working for. Right. And it takes them like get away from everything. Shut it down. Think about like, what am I actually working for? OK, survival. OK, what does survival mean? OK, what, what is what is college? OK, this, whatever. OK, now I'm just waiting for experiences and fun. What experiences and when? And the when is extremely, extremely important. Right. Like I, I, I you know, as I talk in the book, there's a period when I used to watch a Pooh's Heffalump movie with my kids. And, you know, I watch it occasionally. I want to watch Daddy No, Not Now, et cetera. And then one day I was like, hey, let's watch Pooh's Heffalump movie. And they're like, Dad, I don't watch that movie anymore. Like, it's a kid's movie. I don't want to do this. I'm on to do this other thing. Had I known that date, right? I might have watched more Pooh's Heffalump movie earlier, right? Like, basically, life has seasons, right? And there's certain experiences that go in those seasons, right? Like, if you didn't go to Disney World, you know, and ride the Dumbo ride when you were young. I'm not saying everybody should go to Disney World, but if if you miss that season, it's gone forever. Like, I'm not going to go to, you know, we're not going to ride the Dumbo ride at 18 with my daughter, right? <laughs> you know, when she turns 18. And so that's true with everything, whether it's wave running, running a marathon, going to the park, this type of vacation, this type of experience with your kids. You know, they have their season and you need to make sure that in these lists of experiences that you want to have with them. These enjoyable moments, these teachable moments that you put them in the right season, what I call the right time bucket.
0: Yeah, I think what you're saying, unfortunately, the society that we live in here, it's where this plan is to get to 65 and then start to enjoy these experiences. And by that time, our health is in a substantially different scenario than when we're in our 20s. And we don't seem to get the same, um, you know, fulfillment out of doing these things like and there's certain things you just because of the age and your body, you can't do anymore. So I think it kind of, you know, it, it's terrible that we have this set up to work 40 years, 65, retire and then start enjoying life. This is why I think in our schools and our education system, I think teaching financial literacy should be like one of the basic uh, fundamentals that we're teaching kids in school, because I think financial freedom should be the number one goal you have coming out of school. What what can we be teaching? What would you suggest that we teach our kids the most important thing to teach them about money and about, uh, you know, preparing themselves for the future?
1: Yeah, I I think one of the things financial literacy is a very, 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 very important thing. And I think people come out with like the basic concepts like, wow, I can multiply and I can divide and I can do these things. Right. I I might know some algebra, but they haven't been taught. Like if I ask anybody, like, what does net present value mean? You know, what I mean, what's the value of your time? You know, how do you convert that time into money and then back and forth and, and, and do, you know, do some evaluations of, of savings versus spending? It, it's like a foreign concept to them. And so I, I think, you know, parents, if they were very involved, um, uh, you know, force the issue on the schools. Right. And, and But, you know, you can't just rely on the schools. you got to bring it home yourself. And it, 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 if you need to get financially literate, you need to get financially literate. You know, I always recommend the book called Your Money or Your Life by Dominguez. I've I, I, I mentioned it in my book. It, it opened my eyes, you know, even though I understand it, it opened my eyes in terms of just not from a numerical basis and hard math, but just from a concept of what money is, what it represents, and how to think about money, right? Your earnings, your savings, your time, which is really the only resource you have, right? You exchange your time exchange for money, you know, and, and, and learning how to learning how to deal with that so that you can have the most fulfilling life based on the resources you have. Yeah, required? very cool. Well,
0: I, I, I'm loving the uh, the book, Bill. I know it's it's out the day that we're putting this out here. The book is available now. There's going to be a link in the description of today's podcast episode for my listeners. Tap the link, get over there. I'll also be doing a giveaway on my Instagram account. Uh, what's next for you here, Bill? What kind of plans or goals do
1: you have for yourself in the future? Well, I mean, you know, I'm I'm just like every other parent. I'm trying to raise strong, independent daughters so that they're able to navigate the world and have their own adventure. Uh, For myself, I'm like, I'm, you know, I've been taking advantage of COVID where it's restricting me from a certain set of activities to be with my kids a lot, much to their dismay. Like teenagers are like, dad, you know, I'm not cool anymore. You know what I mean? Like, they're like, get out of here, dad. This is weird. Nobody hangs out with their kids that much, you know, that type of thing, but... I'm going to savor these memories uh, for the rest of my life. And then I, you know, I'm looking at promoting this book and getting this message out so that other people have that same outlook so they can optimize their life too and get the most out of it as well. You know, that's kind of the immediate future. And then, you know, I'm going to get out and travel and learn um, to me, learning and entertainment are the same thing. And travel is like, one of the, you know, for me, travel is the, you know, what's a cliche travel is the only thing you can spend money on that makes you richer, you know? And so, I have a richer life and a more fulfilling life when I travel. So I'm looking for any spot that I can get out, whether it's a drive up the coast of California, you know, um, and and, and drive the 101 or whether it's, you know, fly somewhere. So that's what I'm doing. Good good stuff. And I
0: know you've traveled a lot here. So uh, besides Jersey City, which would you say is the best place you've been
1: with your kids? (laughs) Wow. Well, right now, right now we're here in Croatia and it's it's, it's awesome. Um, You know, we used to, you know, I had an idea back in the day uh, to like live in a European city uh, for three months every summer during summer vacation. Just rent a place, stay there. So that way I can be immersed into it, right? So I'm not just running around like, oh, Eiffel Tower. Oh, oh, the Arc de Triomphe, You know, like actually immerse and understand uh, Paris or Barcelona. And I think Barcelona is one of the best places I've been. Wow. It used to be Paris, but Barcelona was great. <laughs> All right.
0: Uh, You know what? Last thing I'm going to hit you with here, Bill, I'd love to ask all the dads that I get on my podcast, what type of advice do you have for the new dad
1: or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Oh, wow. Um, I I generally start off with anybody, any of my friends, I'm like, welcome to a lifetime of worry, but it's going to be okay, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said in the beginning of this podcast, it's just like you just constantly worried, you know, whether it's their health when they come out the womb, their skid, their emotional, the kids picking on them, their education, you know, every, every parent's like, oh, my kid can read at this age and that age. And then you're like, oh, my God, my kid didn't read at that age. And then you're scrambling. They're going to be okay. Do your best. Love them. Give them the time. They're going to be okay. No parent gets it right. We just do our best. You know, you just keep moving. It's like being on a bike. Keep pedaling. You won't fall down. So just keep keep at it and keep trying. Yeah, well said. I love the message.
0: Uh, This has been an honor for me. Die with zero available now. Link down in the description. Bill Perkins, you're a first class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood.
1: Thank you for having me. It's been great.
0: Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. i got to give a special thank you once again to Bill Perkins for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me a DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Lock it in for tomorrow. Chris Kirkpatrick, the founding member of the boy band In Sync, that really took the country by storm, he will be joining me here tomorrow, Thursday on the podcast. Former Cleveland Browns head coach Hugh Jackson returns to the podcast, so don't miss out on that. Follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace, and get over there for a chance to win a copy of Bill Perkins' new book as well as legendary weatherman Al Roker's new book, both out today and available in the links in the description of today's podcast episode. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood, and please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers, and we're not just fathers. We are first-class fathers.